sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza on this Thursday, March 4th morning. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Our toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phones here a little bit later on uh, in our show. we got some NBA stuff to get to, some hockey stuff. we got our prop plays for later on. we got our opposite picks coming up later this hour. we got our trend plays, and uh, we'll recap everything from yesterday as well. Some football news. we got our poll question up there with uh, Russell Wilson. And uh, we got another prominent team. Well, uh, let me just stretch prominent team. We have another NFL team it's the Jets uh, saying that they'll take phone calls if they uh, anyone wants their quarterback uh, and then you got another team uh, that supposedly is leaking out word of what they want to do with their quarterback situation and another team that says their quarterback situation is staying put so a lot to get to over the next uh, 60 minutes and uh, again some phone calls 844-843-6879 uh, start with our lead story of the day that is uh, James Harden going back to Houston last night as the uh, Nets and Harden beat up the Rockets, 132-114. Harden with 29. His prop goes under, though, by a half. Uh, does get the triple-double. So if you played his prop uh, points, assists, and uh, rebounds, it went over. as He went to 29-10 and 14 assists, but his over-under prop was 29 and a half. Uh, how good are the boys at FanDuel? And uh, he went to 29. And he missed a three with about a minute left that obviously would put him over. But uh, for our intents and purposes, uh, you know, depending on how you played it, uh, you got the win with Brooklyn, you got the cover with Brooklyn, and forget about the Harden stuff for now. Bottom line is, as I told you, keep playing against the Rockets. They're done. Put a fork in them. Now, 0-13, 1-12 against the spread. They've lost 11 of these 13 games by double digits. Forget about winning. And forget about it. They're not even coming close to covering. They are just an absolute train wreck. I don't know if they're going to do anything differently in the second half of the season. But at this point, they've already told Cousins, see you later. Oladipo has told them, see you later. I'm not signing with you guys. So it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world to have Wall and Oladipo both sit a good portion of the second half just so they get more ping pong balls when it comes to the draft lottery. But for now, the numbers are pretty modest. They, they For a team that's lost 13 in a row and has only covered one of those games, the fact that they were only a seven-point dog to start yesterday against the best team or second-best team in the East is pretty good value. Again, playing at home with basically no fans in the stands. Now, the line went up to 10, went up to double digits, not that it really mattered as far as the point spread is concerned, as they won by 18, but seven-point spread, as we pointed out yesterday morning, Iowa against Houston, I will take that with anybody outside of uh, Topeka High. I mean, it's just awful, just brutal. 
Brooklyn wins. Harding got mixed reaction. There are only a couple thousand people in the stand, so it was hard to really tell, you know, whether they would have cheered him or booed him if it would have been a full house or not. 76ers beat the Jazz in overtime. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert ripping the officials as we played their cuts hour number one afterwards. Didn't seem that bad to me, to tell you the truth. That beat it's a big three to send the game to overtime. Uh, and Mitchell gets thrown out of the game, complaining about the refs, which is just brutal on his part. Can't do that. And uh, 76ers win the battle of the best record in the East versus the best record in the West. Utah was actually a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. I was very surprised. We didn't play this one with our trend play. Not that we hopped off the Jazz bandwagon, but I will say they've now lost four of their last seven. Heading into the All-Star break. After that great, what, 20-1 and one run, uh, they've lost 4-7. of seven. But I couldn't go with them because the 76ers have the great home record. So we, we just laid low on that one. But the 76ers prevail. Uh, Sacramento beat the uh, Lakers last night. Lakers down one. Ten seconds left. Give it to LeBron, right? No, wasn't in the lineup. Uh, well, at least have him stand out there and be, play a decoy, right? No, didn't make the trip to Sacramento. They lose by three as they fail to get the game-winning shot. I don't understand it. We talked about it hour number one. You know, you want to rest the guy? We'll never win that debate, I suppose. But why not have him on your team, have him dressed just for situations like this? The only way, LeBron, you're playing tonight, because God forbid you should play in every single game, you know, but the only way you'll play is if it's a one-point game and there are 10, 15 seconds left, and we're not even going to use you. We'll just throw you out there as a decoy. They couldn't even, you can't even do that, God forbid, because of a sore ankle that they somehow or another know is going to be healed by the time the All Star game comes Sunday. What a joke. Same thing with Luca. He didn't play last night for Dallas. Now, Dallas does win, so uh, they, they can't complain too loudly, although they didn't, uh, you know, the game didn't go over. That's for sure. Lowest uh, scoring game against OKC this season. Portland beat Golden State, close game. Atlanta rallied from uh, 19 down to beat Orlando, although the Magic 27 of 27 from the free throw line. How about that? Pretty good. College basketball, Villanova beat Creighton. They win the battle, but they lose the war. They win their seventh Big East championship in eight years, but they lose point guard Connor Gillespie to what they are calling a serious knee injury. So... As we look for teams that might upset the apple cart come NCAA tournament time, not going to be Villanova, not without Gillespie, no. And in a world of nothing but overs, there's a college basketball team that we missed out on. We really, we should have been more cognizant of it. That went under again last night, 11 and 2 under their last 13. Who is it? That's a tease. We'll tell you when we come back. Opposite picks. Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Oh, we're pretty beat up. Um, I don't. I think there's games all scheduled. I haven't seen that you know, any games are canceled yet for Saturday, but we've just had a, a difficult week. I mean, we play, you know, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday is tough for our team. I think it would be very hard to play a game Saturday for us. And 
I certainly don't want to play somebody we played twice already. That makes no sense to me. So I, I don't think that's something that will will happen. But I mean, you never know for sure. Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim. You know, they won last night. You would never have guessed it because he, he sounded so glum there. And then there was another cut where he was ripping a reporter's question about uh, a lineup change he made or didn't make, or I, I don't know what, but he got all snappy with one of the reporters. And I was like, chill out there, guy. You, know, you beat Clemson 64 54. You know, you won two in a row now. Uh, you won five of your last seven heading into, you know, what uh, seemingly is going to be the ACC postseason uh, tournament unless they reschedule a game. I think that's in reference to they've missed two games against Louisville this year. You know, you look at their schedule. They're, they're 15 and 8, 9 and 7. They're getting in, I'm pretty sure, but despite what the four-letter network wants to say. Now, do they have a lot of great wins? No, uh, they really don't. Um, you know, they got the fortunate ability, I suppose, to, you know, play a couple of the other ACC teams, not the big wigs. You know, they missed two games, as I mentioned, against Louisville. They didn't play them. You look down their schedule. They lost to North Carolina. Did beat Virginia Tech. They lost to Virginia. They lost to Clemson once. They lost to Duke. They lost to Georgia Tech. And they beat North Carolina and Clemson these last couple of games. Uh, and by the way, he's talking like his players are like, uh, you know, 90 years old like he is. I think what he's really saying is that I'm too old. I can't deal with this anymore. I got a feeling 18, 19-year-old kids can play three games in seven days. That, that's really not that much, especially home games. They're not traveling here. They're, the last two games have been at home. So it's, you know, please, coach, don't, don't make college basketball out to be that crazy like the NBA. Don't, don't, don't do that, please. So what do you got? You got three good wins. You know, with, with four or five losses. But I will tell you, and these bird brains who call themselves, you know, capologists and bracketologists and whateverologists, they never get this. The selection committees, they don't care who you lose to. They don't. All they care about is who you beat. So there's no such thing really as a bad loss in that, oh my gosh, you lost to Miami. Or you lost to Pittsburgh, we're going to hold that against you. No, it's just you didn't win. That's all. You had a chance to, you know, it's, it's almost like you can't lose in that situation. We're not going to punish you. We're, and we're certainly not going to reward you for beating a Pittsburgh or a Miami uh, but, or Wake Forest. But it's just it's just a blip on the radar screen. All they look about uh, look at is, okay, who did you beat? You had eight games against top 20 teams. You won three of them. All right, so let's let's take those three. We're going to preach those three. What about all those other bad losses? I don't care about those. All we care, who did you beat? No one goes into that little selection committee office and says, all right, they beat Wake Forest, and they beat Notre Dame, and they beat Boston College. Who cares? They lost to those. Who cares? What have you done against the top 20, 25 teams? They got three wins. Is that going to be enough? It's Syracuse. They don't bring the cachet as a dookie pukey uh, or a uh, North Carolina, but I would put them on the same level as the Michigan State. I think they would get the benefit of the doubt just like Michigan State. Listen, a Michigan State at 14 and 10, I think they are, is going to get the benefit of the doubt. Then a 15 and 8, 
I think Syracuse team will get the benefit of that as well. It's Syracuse. It's Bayheim. Um, you know, they have won five of their last seven. You know, any kind of luck for them, they'll win one more game in the ACC champion in the tournament. You know, maybe even two. But even with a loss to go fifteen and nine, I think they go in. I I, I do. I, I think it's going to be difficult this year. There's no two ways about it. With, with the lack of non-conference games and uh, the crazy COVID situation and playing who you're playing and, and not playing who you're supposed to be playing, it's it's going to be tough. Like I said. They should have added eight more teams to the tournament this year. They they really should have and just you know stopped the griping. No NIT. Well, you got an NIT tournament, but only sixteen teams, not thirty two. So that's going to make life a little difficult uh, as well. But ACC, yeah, they'll they'll you know they'll get the benefit of the doubt. They will. They're they're going to get in, especially knowing that it's not very deep this year. The ACC. You're going to get Florida State. You're going to get Virginia. You're going to get Virginia Tech. Um. You, and, and you're going to get North Carolina, and then it kind of stops from there. You know, Louisville, you'll probably get Georgia Tech at 14 and 8, Clemson 15 and 6, you know, Syracuse 15 and 8, probably. But you only really have five absolutes, and I think they're going to go eight deep when everything is said and done. And, and again, you know how I feel about the, the Dookie Pukies. I think ultimately they're going to get in. But there were some scores yesterday. Listen, not all these bubble teams, I get it, are going to win every single game. There's a reason why they're a bubble team. is because they don't win some of these games. Uh, UConn got a nice win over Seton Hall, but put a fork in the Pirates. Well, what an absolute disappointing season it's turned out for Seton Hall. Uh, they were supposed to challenge, uh, you know, maybe not for a national championship, but, you know, they had a pr- some pretty good players. The Mama Maluka Kashevli, so whatever the fudge his name is, you know, is, is a good player, NBA player. They started out nine and five. They were cruising. Then they got hit with the COVID. They were still 13 and eight, you know, coming off a nice four game win streak against mediocre teams, Providence, UConn, Marquette, and DePaul. And then it all fell apart against Georgetown. That that's the one that they're going to circle and say, this is where our season went up in smoke. They lose to Georgetown. They lose to Butler, and now they lose to UConn at home. And all of a sudden, a 13-8 and eight with three very, very, very winnable games on their schedule, maybe go 16-9, and nine, all of a sudden turns into 13-11. and 11. Wow. Or 16-8 and eight it would have been. And it turns into 13-11. and 11. And they got one more game against St. John's. Uh, and their NCAA tournament hopes are, are out the window. Just, to, you know, unless they win the Big East uh, Championship, which they uh, don't figure to do. But for UConn, that was a good win for them. Uh, so put a little notch onto their resume as far as helping their cause uh, some for sure. Wichita State, winner last night over Tulane. I think they're in anyway, but, you know, it's the American Conference. You never know. Nice win. Missouri knocked off Florida. I think both teams are in. We, we had Florida with our opposite picks, so Missouri was the opposite pick. Uh, nice win for the Tigers on the road, 72-70, as they hit a shot basically at the buzzer to win it. Um, out west, uh, Minnesota fell apart again. Boy, they just – boy, you talk about the bad basketball, whether it's the, the teacups or the Gophers. They lose to Penn State, 84-65. Oof, brutal. Uh, Belmont in the OVC championship, the quarterfinals, wins by 17. No big deal there. That team I was telling you about, the under team, Texas A&M. 125 against Mississippi State. The line was too low. It scared me off of it. But uh, 63-57, game went under. 11-2 and now under the last 13 for Texas A&M. Amazing. 
Oregon won the showdown with UCLA in the Pac-12, 82-74. They got the cover as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought that was a little high. You know, they were they were kind of begging. UCLA was leading at the half, too, 39-37. But the Ducks in that idiotic uh, field or uh, arena, the court that they have, God, that is ugly. I, I can't watch a game for more than 30 seconds. I can't. I, I just can't watch it at Oregon. Just, that, that How they get away with that, I know it's a Nike thing, but that is absolutely hideous. I mean, just hideous, that court. How they're allowed to have that. I, I tell you, if I was an opposing team, I would. Just, I, that's it. I quit. I, I'm not even going to try. I, I can't win. I, I can't. I can't play. I'm getting a headache just standing on the court, let alone trying to beat a pretty good Oregon team every single year. Just hideous. Absolutely hideous. So, a couple teams helped themselves yesterday. A couple teams uh, hurt themselves, uh, tournament wise. I will right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll update some of the trends that we have. The trend plays in the NHL and the NBA, and uh, we'll also a couple of other little tidbits here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. They're hurting. They, they, they competed their tails off. You know, they fought hard enough to, to get a win, and, um, you know, the ball bounces on the, on the, the rim three times. And with the game on the line, we have a couple pullbacks right there. Uh, just weren't able to close it out, but our guys wanted to win this game very badly, and, uh, and they're disappointed. I'd like to know what goes into having a player sit like LeBron did last night for the Lakers. That's Frank Vogel, L.A. head coach. You know, listen, first of all, everyone's hurting. You know, the, the Nets haven't played a game this year with their big three. I mean, they have, but, you know, it's a handful of games. Every team has injuries or fake injuries. Every Maybe that's his shot at LeBron. Maybe that's what he's saying. I mean, Anthony Davis clearly is injured. Um, I, but I wonder what goes into that. Because, again, you know, down one with 10 seconds left and LeBron's not there. They, they win that basketball game. First of all, they wouldn't have been in that spot. But even if you gave LeBron off, you know, I can't help but think they would have found a way to win that game. They're only three and a half point underdogs. So they actually got the cover losing by three, depending on when you hopped on board on that. So, but, uh, you know, is that a shot at LeBron saying we're hurting? The guys are feel bad because they lost. Is that his way of ripping LeBron because LeBron didn't want to play? Is that a management thing? I can't help but think that if LeBron said I'm playing, he's playing. So it's got to be a LeBron, at least a partial LeBron thing. You know, maybe he's just saying, you know what, it's Sacramento. Even without me and AD, we should be able to win this game. I, I don't know, but uh, that's an awful job by the Lakers and, and LeBron in general and the NBA. It just it's very, very frustrating. All right, a couple of football notes before we get to our trend plays and everything else that are going on later on today. Um, although Washington, by the way, NHL, we didn't really get into that, did beat the, the Bruins 2-1 in the shootout as Zidane Char returned to Boston for the first time. Not quite the same without fans there, but uh, definitely weird. It's it's weird seeing him in a Capitals uniform to begin with, and then having them play Boston is obviously really strange. Talked about Russell Wilson, NFL Network, saying that the Seagirls are at least willing to listen to trade offers. Uh, he's got a no-trade clause. Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears are the four teams he'd accept the trade to. You know what? If I'm Seattle, I'd throw it back in his face. I would. 
I said, I'd say, you know what? I got a deal for the New York Jets. What do you think? Uh, we're going to get Sam Darnold and a bunch of draft choices, and uh, we're going to get our draft choices back that we gave them in the Jamal Adams deal, oh, by the way, and we're, we're going to ship you to, to New York. You want out of Seattle? Life is so horrible here in Seattle? All right, we're going to send you to the Jets. How about that, there, Russ? Oh, you don't want to go to the Jets. Oh, okay. Well, then sit your ass down and play football. It's as simple as that. That's what I would do. But I would give up three number ones for him, but I wouldn't give up four. That I wouldn't do. Jets had uh, GM Joe Douglas, though, yesterday saying that he's willing to take calls on Sam Darnold. What kind of message is that? Wow. I mean, it's one thing for an agent to say that, basically, as Wilson's agent did. We don't want to be traded, but if we were, here are the four teams that we'd waive our no trade clause to. But for a GM to actually say that, like, hey, we're not looking to trade uh, Sam Darnold, but we'll take phone calls if anyone wants to give us a buzz. Again, what kind of message does that send? What are you going to get for Sam Darnold? You're not even going to get one number one. You'd be lucky to get a third-round pick. You know, may, may, maybe a third-rounder. May, maybe a conditional will make it a second-rounder. No one's giving you anything for Sam Darnold. He stinks. We all know that. You know, he was part of the problem, not part of the solution with the Jets over these last couple of seasons. Always hurt everything you can imagine, um, you know, between the mumps and everything else. He's just not that. It wasn't good in college, for goodness sakes. Raiders Mike Mayock, GM, Motormouth Mayock, says Derek Carr is a top quarterback. I think Derek Carr has learned a lot of respect around this league from an awful lot of people. I think Derek Carr had his best year under John Gruden. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks. You don't have to say, I think. If you say it, that means you obviously think it. If you're asking me about Derek, I think John and I would both stand shoulder to shoulder and pound the table for Derek Carr. Yeah. All right. And you know what? Also, I think you'd take the right offer if it came a call in. Uh, on Derek Carr. That's what I really think. Boston Sports Journal says the Patriots are looking to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo. That's their ideal plan for their quarterback situation. Now, we heard last week about Carolina maybe uh, getting with San Francisco on a Teddy Bridgewater trade. So would they replace Garoppolo with Bridgewater and then send Garoppolo to uh, New England? If you're Carolina, you're not you're going to trade Bridgewater, but you're not going to get Garoppolo back. That would be interesting. Um, I don't know how that necessarily all is going to work itself out. Gordon Tate released by the Giants. Salary cap next year. Uh, not finalized, but uh, one GM told Fanside, uh, that's a website, that it should be between $180 and $183 million. I think we all kind of figure that out. So if that's the case, that's down about $15, 20000000 from this past year, which means there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of players being cut. A lot. Um, how bad has the NBA All-Star Slam Dunk competition got? You know, it's amazing. Three-point shootout, you got Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, among others, you know, big-time players. Skills challenge, you got Luka Doncic. He's going to recover in time. Chris, uh, Julius Randle, Chris Paul. Uh, Vukovic, you know, some big-time players. Slam dunk, Anthony Simmons, Cassius Stanley, and Obi Toppin. I mean, you you couldn't come up with three more obscure guys. I know Toppin is, is a Nick first-round draft choice. I get that, but he plays about 30 seconds a game. It's another wasted, pissed-away Nick draft choice. Anthony Simmons of the Jailblazers and Cassius Stanley. Who are these people? Might as well be Cassius Clay, for goodness sakes. You only have three people. You can only get three people. 
15 players on 30-plus teams, you know, close to 500 players, and you could only get three that want to take part in this dopey thing, and you got to go to the depths of basically, you know, uh, G League players in Stanley and Simmons. What's the point? I don't understand why you can have guys that are willing to put their reputation uh, on the line in a three-point contest or a skills challenge, but not a slam dunk. Well, what is it about the slam dunk that guys are afraid of? You know, if Curry and Booker and Mitchell and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're willing to do the three-point contest, and as I said, Luca and uh, Paul and Randall and Sabonis, you know, they're willing to put their reputation, their pride on the line on the skills challenge, which they could really look foolish, right? Same thing with a three-point contest. Boy, you hit a couple of bricks, and all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting there with five points. What is it about the slam dunk? That, to me, would seemingly be the easiest. You don't even have to win the slam dunk. All you got to do is make a couple of dunks. These guys all jump five feet over the rim. You know, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose. It's just a matter of whether they're going to embarrass themselves. And they won't embarrass themselves. I mean, I don't I don't. Anthony Simmons and Cassius Stanley and Toppin? Ugh. I just as soon honestly get three people from the stands and lower the rim down to six feet and say, here, go have some fun. We'll get Shaq and we'll get uh, Barkley and we'll get a couple of others to be judges and we'll really have some fun with this thing versus these three stiffs. I don't get it. Laker guard Alex Caruso said last night that he turned down an invitation to be in the slam dunk contest. Alex Caruso is saying no to the slam dunk. Are you kidding me? What is it that doesn't allow these players to want to be in a slam dunk, but they're willing to be in the three-point and skills challenge. I don't I don't get it. I, I just, wow, that's embarrassing. That is really embarrassing. All right, NBA trend plays. As I said, four and two yesterday, not bad. 11 and eight on the uh, week, not too bad. We got a bunch tonight. Uh, you can fill in the lines. Toronto's a trend play versus Boston Raptors, uh, 10 and 5, although they're 10 and 6 now because they lost last night. So, you know, we're going to cross that one off the board because I always, it's got to be at least a five game differential. And with all the COVID situations with the Raptors, who knows who's playing, who's not. So, we're going to wipe that one off the board. Uh, we're going to go under Detroit and Knicks, though. Knicks 21 and 11 under their last uh, 32 games for the first half of the season. We're going to play Knicks first half one more time. Their 13-0 streak was snapped last time out, but we're going to hop right back on board. Knicks first half against Detroit. We're going to go over Denver, Indiana. Denver, a strong over team. We're going to go over Miami, New Orleans. I told you about the Pelicans, 25-4-2 uh, over uh, their last uh, the first half of the season. Uh, we're going to go uh, OKC versus San Antonio. Now, they didn't cover last night, but they're still pretty solid. 8-10, and 10, straight up on the road, 11-6 and six against the spread. We'll grab the points against the Spurs. Going to go with the over, Sacramento-Portland. Kings, 21-10 and 10 over this season. They don't stop anybody. And we're going to play Phoenix versus Golden State. Suns remain red hot. Uh, it's going to be right around Pickham or so. Suns 22 and 11 straight up this year, 20, 10, and 3 against the spread. Second best against the spread record in the NBA. Uh, just a couple of games worse than the Utah Jazz. So, got to keep playing them. So, under Detroit, Knicks first half, over Denver, over New Orleans, over Sacramento, 
OKC, and then Phoenix versus Golden State. Our prop plays went 11 and 11 last night. I won't run them all down for you, but just goes to show 11 and 11. Go, go figure. Told you about the Nets ones. Uh, Irving and Harden went under. Oladipo and Wall for uh, Houston went over. Sims uh, Simmons went over for Philadelphia. Mitchell went over, and Bede went over, and that pretty much dominated the uh, the overs. Tuesday or Thursday, rather tonight, we're going to go with Steph Curry, Booker, Paul. We got Sacramento with Fox and Lillard. We got OKC with Gilchrist. We got the New Orleans with Zion. And uh, down the line, we just grab the top players. That that's the easiest way of putting it, um, and go from there. NHL, we got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, trend plays in the NHL. I'll run them down after we do our opposite picks, and we have our favorite, favorite, favorite betting guy on the board again tonight. I'll let you know what that is. First up, though, break opposite picks when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah! LLs know what that music means. Time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable 10 minutes in radio, opposite picks. What are opposite picks you newbies ask? Well, we give you 10,000 reasons why we like one team, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas and FanDuel. Went 3-3 three and three last night, keeping our overall record to 20 games over 500, 117 97 and one got a six pack of winners for you all college basketball tonight here we go <clears throat> pick number one oklahoma state plus 11 and a half at baylor man i love 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 okie state in this spot baylor just clinched its first regular season conference championship in 71 years 71 I know they're still kind of playing for a number one seed, but you talk about a major letdown of all letdown. They celebrated after beating West Virginia the other night like they won the national championship. They don't give a rat's behind about this contest. And not only doesn't Baylor cover, I don't think they even win. In the words of my boy Arnie Spanier, don't like the 11.5 points, don't need the 11.5 points, but I'll take the 11.5 points. I love Okie State to win this outright. Give me Baylor minus the 11 and a half. Pick number two, TCU plus 13 and a half at West Virginia. Well, you talk about a letdown spot. This is it for the Mountaineers. They just lost their national championship type of game. Chance to get back into the conversation for a number one seed, and they blow a late lead and lose in overtime to Baylor on Tuesday. Do you really think they give a rat's behind about putrid TCU? No way. TCU actually gave them a decent game, losing by just eight a couple of weeks ago, so they can hang with West Virginia. Mountaineers best be careful tonight. They may lose this game outright themselves. Love TCU getting 13 and a half. Give me West Virginia minus the 13 and a half. Pick number three, Dayton laying four and a half versus Rhode Island. A-10 tournament gets underway tonight. I'm not a big fan of these tourney games. I'm really not, but we're going to play this one. Why? 
Well, Dayton beat Rhode Island, the Rams, by 11, and they're only meeting earlier this year. They're coming off a nice win against St. Bonaventure. Rhodey, meanwhile, has lost six of seven with all but one of those losses coming by at least five points. This will be their sixth road game in their last seven contests, and they've also lost eight of their last ten road games. I mean, everything points to Dayton. Give me Rhode Island plus the four and a half. Pick number four. Michigan laying 12 versus Michigan State. I don't like laying double digits in these rivalry games, but Michigan has to be chomping at the bit to get back on the court and lay a pasting on somebody like Illinois did to them on Tuesday. Wolverines lost by 23 at home, one of their worst home losses in years. They're going to take it out on an outman Michigan State team, which is playing better of late. I admit that. They won 4-5. or five. But this is the first of back-to-back games with these two teams. I give State a much better chance in the second game. This first game, this has got 20-point Michigan win written all over it. Michigan, oh, by the way, 30-19-1 against the spread under second-year head coach Juwan Howard. Love the Wolverines at home. Give me Michigan State plus the 12. Pick number five. San Diego plus eight versus San Francisco, another tournament game. <coughs> Two god-awful teams. So why is San Francisco a whopping eight-point favorite over San Diego? I don't know, and I don't say that very often. Again, both teams stink. Might as well grab the eight points, right? I mean, San Diego's lost eight of ten. San Francisco's lost eight of ten, including six in a row, oh, by the way, and they're laying eight points? I mean, what kind of naked poop would lay eight points with a team that's lost eight of ten and six in a row like San Francisco has? Give me San Francisco minus the eight. Pick number six, Oklahoma laying two versus Texas. I don't see the Sooners losing four in a row, which is what they would be doing if they lost this game. They're coming off back-to-back emotional losses to rival Oklahoma State. Yes, this after losing to god-awful Kansas State before that. So they are desperate for a win. Longhorns were great at the beginning of the season, but not so much the second half where they're only 5-6 and six straight up, 2-8-1 and one against the spread their last 11 games. This losing streak has really come out of nowhere for Oklahoma as well because they had won 8 of 9 before that, going 10-2 and two against the spread its last 12 games. I mean, they are going to turn it around tonight. No two ways about it. Get back on the winning side of things. Love Oklahoma laying just two at home against Texas. Give me Texas plus the two. Our six-pack of college basketball winners tonight. Opposite picks. Baylor laying 11.5 against Oklahoma State. West Virginia laying 13.5 against TCU. Rhode Island getting 4.5 versus Dayton. Michigan State plus 12 against Michigan. San Fran minus 8 against San Diego. And it pains me to say it, but give me Texas plus the 2 against Oklahoma. Opposite picks for a Thursday, March 4th. All right, we'll post those on the websites and uh, get that uh, up, uh, like I said, about a half hour or so after our uh, morning show is done. Yesterday, we went 3-3, three and three, started off uh, poorly and finished up with a bang. Usually, it's the other way around, but we uh, we lost with college basketball, but we won the NBA plays for the most part. We uh, 
hit with the actually we lost with Clemson plus two and a half against uh, Syracuse. We lost with Creighton plus four against Villanova. I knew that was going to be a loser pick. That that was the best play on the board with all the stuff that's going on with Creighton, the head coach uh, willing to step down and everything else. That that team is a mess. Any thought of that team doing anything in the Big East tournament or even the NCAA tournament? Forget about it. Uh, they're emotionally shot. Uh, so we lost with those two. We won with Missouri getting four. They won outright at Florida. One with Orlando plus four and a half. They covered. They didn't win, but they covered, which is all what we care about. Uh, one with the Lakers plus three and a half, and they only lost by three against the Queens. And then uh, we lost with Houston plus seven against Brooklyn, which I knew was going to be a loser. That 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 we. Uh, that was going to be a loser. Let's put it that way. I mean, I know I think about that a lot with these opposite picks, but I would have been shocked if, uh, you know, Houston put up a fight last night against Brooklyn, which they did not. So three and three, not too bad. We lose out in the big. Uh, so still we stay 20 games over 500 with our uh, opposite picks. All right. Uh, our pyramid of winners. Well, actually, you know what? Let's, let's get to the, the NHL stuff because we didn't have time to do that uh, before the break. So our NHL winners are uh, trend plays. We got a few of them. And we really don't have that many hockey trends. So basically every one we have is in play tonight, oddly enough. Uh, we're going to go with under six Carolina Detroit as the Red Wings are a uh, nice 15 and six under last 21 games. So definitely got to go under there. Going to go over Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. No Sidney Crosby again, but that's okay. Uh, Flyers on a nice 10-4 and two overrun. Their game the other night went over as well, five to two. Going to go under. Now it's five. And I'm not big on playing under fives, but this is all about trends. It's not about lines and any kind of thinking. You just you got to play the trend. Uh, under five, Buffalo and the Islanders. Isles 13 and six under uh, this year. Got to play the Blackhawks at Chicago. You're getting two to one. Uh, or excuse me, uh, the Blackhawks at Tampa Bay. Uh, Blackhawks nine and two, their last 11. You know what? I, I think this is a, a two, if not a three game little series. I would continue to play Chicago. They've been on fire, and uh, they remain, for the most part, underdogs. You get good value with the Blackhawks. Uh, we're going to go under 5.5 Chicago, Tampa Bay as well. Hawks on a nice 10-5 and five under run. We're going to take Columbus. I don't understand this line at all. Uh, Columbus plus 135 at Dallas. Stars are 1-8 and eight their last nine. Uh, not exactly sure why they would be a favorite here, albeit at home. But, again, we're not going to reason and then try and delve into the lines. You want to give me 135 against a team that's lost 8 of 9? I'll take that. Uh, thank you very much. Got to go under Ottawa-Calgary at 6. Uh, Senators 9-4-2 under their last 15 games. And uh, we're going to take uh, Toronto at Vancouver as uh, the Canucks uh, put a fork in them. 2-9 and nine straight up their last 11 games. you got to lay some wood on that. But, again, doesn't matter what the line is. It's all about the trend itself. So those are your 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 trend plays in the NHL. That's a lot. Like I said, we generally don't have that many trend plays in the NHL because of the goofiness that they have with their season playing teams three, four times in a row. You want to hear something crazy? I'll give you You want to hear crazy how crazy the NHL is. The Calgary game against uh, Ottawa, right? I, I wrote this down because I want to get this right because it's, it's confusing. Calgary and Ottawa are playing for the fourth straight game. What's confusing about that? Well, it'll be the fourth straight game for Calgary. It won't be for Ottawa. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. Calgary 
which, oh, by the way, has scored one goal in seven of the last nine games. It'll be the fourth straight game for Calgary against Ottawa, but the Senators are going to have a game against Montreal after tonight's game thrown in there. So, And then they play Calgary two more after that. Whereas the Flames don't have a game. They are just going to be playing Ottawa four straight. But then the Flames have a game sandwiched in there against Edmonton to break up their run after the fourth game. That is weird. I, I don't think the COVID situation is playing a role in that. So Calgary, Ottawa play their third straight game. They're going to play four straight. Or it'll be the fourth straight game. They're going to play four straight. Then Calgary is going to, or Ottawa is then going to play Montreal. Calgary is not. But then a game later, Calgary is going to play Edmonton, and the Senators will not. So I, it's Bottom line is they play six out of their next seven games against each other. But it's just a little wrinkle thrown in there. That, that's how bizarre the season is, if you can follow that. If you can't, I fully understand. Don't drive off the road. Uh, Thursday, okay, today, our uh, NHL play. We'll start there. We're going to go under six, Ottawa-Calgary. As I mentioned, Flames have scored literally one goal in seven of their last nine games. Ottawa's actually picked up their scoring of late, but I'll take my chances. Uh, fourth game between these two teams. That, 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 you know, you get used to playing the same team. Generally, scoring drops quite a bit, so I'll go under six. That's a big number. Uh, NHL prop play. You know where we're going, boys. Over two and a half, Brian Rush shots on goal. And it's a double play tonight because not only are the Penguins in action, and not only is Sidney Crosby, I'm assuming, not playing again, which means more ice time for Rust. Um, and also, they're playing the Philadelphia Flyers, who are one of the worst teams as far as giving up shots on goal. They've given up the fifth most shots on goal, average-wise, out of any NHL team. Rust is minus two... Uh, it's two and a half minus 140 with FanDuel. And this is a guy that averages over four shots a game. He continues to, we say it all the time, he continues to be the absolute best bet on the board. NBA best play, uh, we're going to go with New Orleans versus Miami. And they're going to rebound from last night's debacle against the Bulls. And uh, our NBA prop play, Knicks first half against Detroit. We're going to play them one more time in that first half line. So there you go. All right, we'll take a break. Come back and wrap up shop. Scott Wetzel, Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, let's check out our uh, poll question as uh, we put out there. What would you give up? Scott Wetzel sitting in as we take you right up here to 7 o'clock, almost finished up here. What would you give up to acquire Seattle quarterback Russell Wilson as there's been more fodder uh, about how he actually may be available from uh, Seattle? I said the farm, two first-round picks, three first-round picks, or the proverbial other. Uh, two first-rounders leading the way, 55% of the vote. Three first-rounders getting 22%. The farm, 
uh, 13%, and then other with a lot of XYs thrown in there, uh, getting 9% of the vote. Time to reveal another chapter in my uh, soon-to-be-released book, which I've yet to write, uh, Great Sports Misnomers. Uh, Major League Baseball announced yesterday that there's going to be a Lou Gehrig Day, uh, which is long, long, long overdue, right? Um, they, they really should have, and all the guys to, to honor, they really should have been honoring him a long time ago. So good job by Major League Baseball to finally come through. Uh, as uh, they do it on June 2nd. That was the day of his great speech, which is our sports misnomer. When you see that, I think most people think that the poor guy died like a week, two weeks, what, a month later? I mean, he looked like he was on his deathbed, right? Couldn't even pick up the plaque and everything. He actually lived for a couple more years. Not to minimize it by any stretch, but he actually worked in the New York offices with uh, the political offices and was doing some, uh, uh, not secretarial work, but different work in, in, in public offices. So, no, he, yeah, he did actually. He couldn't play baseball anymore, but he did actually uh, live for a couple more years before, sadly, he passed away. So most people don't think that's the case. But good job by Major League Baseball, June 2nd, uh, Lou Gehrig Day. Uh, we got our prop plays. We got our uh, uh, only the only one play which we didn't real uh, review. Rather is uh, over two and a half. Brian Rust. All right, we got that as the NHL prop play and playing only one out of the top four. New Orleans Knicks first half under Calgary over two and a half shots on goal. We're going over two and a half shots on goal. Brian Rust. If you got to play just one, Fanduel's got him at minus one forty. Uh, that's okay. Lay the minus 140. This guy comes through every single night for us, and hopefully he will again tonight. With that, have yourselves a great Thursday, my friends. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Grid Radio.